all right people welcome back to another episode of the ayushukla show for today's video podcast i have arnold maskaranis with me he has had a career working across casinos hotels large scale concerts event etc etc he has resided in over 10 cities around the world and had a six figure net worth by the age of 30 only to lose it post he quit his job and failed in his startup he then earned an mba from duke university and repaid his debt a very personal mentor to me and the current founder of lokyatha a next generation education platform welcome to the show sir hey ayush thank you so much i appreciate that thank you so much i'm glad to be here and hello everyone listening all right so let me just straight dive into your life before lokyatha what and how was your life your uh, you know career your experience with your concerts casinos hotel and everything sure all right definitely i mean straight to the biryani i guess <laughs> uh well i i from an education standpoint professionally i i i come from a tech background uh, that's what i studied in my undergrad i got into tech naturally as a result of that and i i spent the last 15 16 years of my life predominantly in the it space uh, across different industries like you mentioned across hospitality entertainment events i spent some time in healthcare as well but uh, through that time a lot of the journey has been uh, evolving a lot of bit of growth as one can imagine through that time time frame i started out in core r&d moved into more business kind of roles towards product management project management account and sales a little bit of customer success i took some time off to start a business that didn't work out in events uh, it's been great i mean what what i've done over the last 15 16 years lot of good learnings lot of bad learnings that i've hopefully trying to convert into good uh, through lokyata and i'm looking forward to position all of that experience into this current venture like so uh, what was the startup that uh, like failed around after you quit your job and what were the moments around it what was the startup idea what was like uh, you know what what happened during the startup uh, how it failed and everything sure absolutely uh, so i i was working out in southeast asia about 10 years ago it's funny 10 years ago because uh, today march 27th exactly 10 years ago is the date we opened marina bay sands casino in uh, singapore so it was exactly today was the grand uh, was the initial opening and so it's funny because that was one of the biggest projects i've ever done um in my life so quite fascinating but uh, through that experience i learned a lot of uh, failure um running around starting things out of scratch and i i wanted to use the money that i was saving from my job into something more productive more effective uh, to be able to build something my own like most people who want to be entrepreneurs uh, tend to do and i've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial sprint i invested in a friend's company as a as a, as an angel investor i gave them some money over the next few years and they were running an event management company so what they did was okay. bring uh large scale concerts um uh, of electronic dance music music uh, acts like swedish house mafia avicii nicky romero all of those kinds of names they used to partner with sunburn in goa and bring them out to bangalore so these were the guys who were uh, uh executing the events over here so i had invested in them for a few years around 2014 when i decided to quit and come back i heard that these guys were not doing too well i was anyway looking to start something my own because i wanted to use my experience into moving to the next level uh with an enterprise of my own and i joined them so i moved from a, not just angel investor but i joined them as a director of the company 
to try and see how uh, you know uh, we could improve things because things were not going too well there were a lot of problems that were already deep seated before i even joined there were issues with uh, managing of funds issues with the operations of the events there was a lot of uh, gaps in marketing and these are all things that uh, uh, I, i would say are pretty counterintuitive when when you look uh, uh, when you're looking at it at the point but they're pretty evident when we look at it now uh, we were marketing the wrong way we were managing funds the wrong way um, borrowing too much debt in order to execute these events so there were a lot of very very uh, gaping holes in the whole thing which is why it ended up failing but through that process of uh, helping to recover that business i started an offshoot ticketing company because we were spending about 20% of our revenue on ticket sales through companies like book my show so because i had a tech background we wanted to use that experience to internalize that cost save money and you know grow a ticketing business as well we yeah. bootstrapped <laughs> i put in some more of my money to build this platform we uh, offshored um the, uh, sorry outsourced the platform got it built in less than 6 8 months we started running a few small events just to test the uh test the system and it was working pretty well it was pretty surprising that within 8 months we were able to kick off uh, a pretty powerful system for very very low cost uh, unfortunately the primary company the parent company of uh, uh, that we were running which was the events company that failed we couldn't run it anymore because there was too much debt and we just couldn't move forward so that was our biggest problem you know the I, fundamentally it was uh, we built a platform that nobody needed at that point beyond the company that failed because at that point we would be competing against established players like book my show and explora and stuff like that so we chose not to move ahead and we shut the company down as soon as the first one failed that was the yeah yeah but all right all right and uh, then you again did your mba if i'm not wrong after that well no not immediately so uh, when when we decided to shut uh, both businesses down i chose not to uh, move ahead with the uh, ticketing company because we were competing against uh, established players I decided to go back to work because I had run out of money. I uh, called some of my old bosses. I moved back to Singapore. I got a, a job running a customer success for Asia Pacific for this uh, media technology company. And I did that for uh, about 6-8 months before I realized that you know looking back at the business ventures that we executed what all went wrong but there were still a lot of questions that I had unanswered. So I realized I'm not as business savvy as I think I was. <laughs> so i thought one of the okay. easiest ways to do it uh, granted it's i would not recommend this to everybody uh especially when it comes to business was to do an mba i thought it was the right time for me to do it uh, i had about 14 14 years of experience at that point i said okay i've got a wide range of uh, outlooks let me go ahead and do this and considering how much money we spent uh, and lost with the two businesses the mba was a pretty cheap option <laughs> even though i spent a lot of money okay. but uh, it it worked out very well for me because it gave me all the answers to why exactly we failed what we did wrong what we could have done better and uh, so while i was working at that company in singapore i decided to do the mba on the side and that happened next when i completed the mba is when i realized okay fine i know a lot of the answers uh, to which i had questions about earlier let me use yeah, it go ahead and move further so that's really what happened and i chose to dive come back to india and dive into education with lokita i see so what exactly made you start lokita so just to give the listeners a background can you just explain in a nutshell what lokita is the goal is and what made you start lokita 
Sure, Ayush, absolutely. I'd be delighted to tell you more about Loketa and what I'm trying to do here. Uh, so the idea is really to try and help bring awareness about an existing gap that it, that's within our education system. And to be honest, it's not just within our Indian education system. I believe this is a problem globally. Uh, there, there are, it's not just one reason I, I chose to embark on this, well, I'll call it adventure. And uh, for, for the record, it's not yet a business. I'm, there's, I'm not, I don't have a definite way to monetize it yet. I, I'm trying to work that out. And I'm okay running this as an initiative from my side where I want to be able to give something back to the world besides the money that I made, <laughs> I want to be able to use uh, my skills and experience to be able to uh, help enlighten young adults to avoid mistake, making the mistakes, the same mistakes that I've made in my past. I think uh, to, to summarize what the problem I'm trying to fix is uh, the lack of life skills that we receive in our education. There are too many life skills that we need to survive to have a holistic, successful life and no matter what your definition of success is from your point of view, there are a lot of parameters, whether it's financial success, emotional success, mental success, physical, there's all kinds of parameters that we are not educated about. So whether you're talking about financial literacy, sex education, networking, sales, emotional intelligence, these are all skills of the future for us to be able to have holistic, thriving, successful life. None of these are being talked about. None of these are being taught to us. Uh, in fact, our education systems are still running on the same framework that have been built decades, if not centuries ago. And I'm yeah. really trying to build awareness towards the necessity for these skills so that people can go ahead and learn more about it. We can have our academic systems, if not completely change, but slowly evolve and migrate towards building more of these. I'll give you a simple example. At school, we have projects, we have exams. All of these are completely solo projects, completely single contribution. You have to do it as an individual. Unfortunately, nothing in life is a solo contribution. Everything works as a team, whether it's your relationship at home, whether it's at work, whether it's with your boss, everything works as a team. We have to learn collaboration at a very early age. Emotional intelligence, understanding what your emotions mean, um, understanding how to regulate those emotions and building up from there. We are taught too much of theory and academic fact that can easily be picked up on a mobile phone with a Google search that we don't need to be doing anymore when we are missing out on a lot of these skills that I just mentioned. So I'm trying to bring awareness about these skills so that people can have more holistic, fulfilling lives. That's really so when the premise when of connect this to the current coronavirus situation, uh, the, the lockdown that the whole, uh, you know, the globe is facing a lot of people are facing the problem, including me, of that we are dependent upon a lot of people for basic things, right? Like cooking, washing, and just just basic things which which should have been taught. And so, does does Loketha include all those skills like cooking and washing utensils and washing clothes, just basic stuff, which which is necessary for survival if you are you know uh, if you're not independent if you're not dependent upon someone. Absolutely. So, and, and, and two parts to that answer, right? Number one is, yes, uh, we will, for the most part, always be dependent on someone that, that, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. However, there will be times where, and not just in the case of, you know, dire emergency like we are in today, 
you may travel tomorrow you may get a job in the us tomorrow you may have to be somewhere else that your parents or your maid or whatever is not around you may be in a place that you can't afford or to have someone you know washing your clothes or cooking your food you have to be able to take care of yourself at a basic level so these uh, cooking is one of the primary life skills that we should all learn right so yes the answer to your question the second part of the answer is yes cooking is definitely one of the things that we're looking to cater to financial literacy being able to be prepared for situations like this maybe not again not extreme like this but understanding that insurance is a key part of your should be a key part of your portfolio understanding that you have to save enough for 3 to 6 months of downturn whether it's coronavirus or whether you've lost your job or whether the the company is closed down you have to understand that these are key parts of living a fulfilling life and it doesn't matter if it's an extreme circumstance like now or otherwise i have friends who for example in their mid 30s late 30s sometime last year have bought a brand new car yeah the financial situation globally has been saying we've on the longest bull run since 2008 a recession is due it's not never going to come it's going to come at some point but why would you go ahead and buy a car at this stage which is you know you can't afford to pay more than 2 months after you lose your job and one of my friends for example that i'm i'm giving an example about lost their job last year and they had to wonder what the heck to do you know so uh, this simple mechanisms around how to plan your life whether it's finance whether it's emotions whether it's decision making all of these are you know combination and part and parcel of how we live better lives and lokita is hopefully the first step towards the answers to those questions i hope i've built an entire framework that talks about the variety of these skills that everyone can inculcate and doesn't matter what your definition of success is everybody needs a small bit of this of each of these different skills you could need one or more of others but that's fine as long as you know level 1 level 2 that's okay you don't have to be an expert in everything and that's really the premise does that answer the question yes yes it does and again we talked about indian education and you know the life skills that they require so what what have what has been your you know a view on the indian education system in the past two decades what do you think how it has changed or it has, it has not changed at all what what is your view on it i think uh, um that's an interesting question i i don't think the larger education system has changed very much i think our focus has always been on academics core academics i've heard comments 20 years ago when i was in school why are you asking me this question this is not in the syllabus go study what's in the syllabus it's <laughs> yeah, even i heard that <laughs> and these are the same responses that are being given today but we need skills like uh, uh, skills and personal traits like curiosity we need people to be able to look at what they are learning and apply it to the modern world but a lot of these things have not changed and granted i'm not blaming teachers or the system as a whole teachers do their best with the circumstances that they have but there are a lot of problems between why teachers are teachers respond that way i'm not saying teachers are bad but i'm not saying all teachers are bad or i'm not saying that some teachers are bad there are uh, you know the mechanism of how things are taught and how they are incentivized they have to finish the syllabus within 10 months and you if you don't the answers that are being uh, questions that have been given to kids in the exams they won't be able to answer so you have to finish that everything else is not your priority if teachers get you know less than 75% they have to answer to their superiors why did you get less so their focus their incentivization their motivation is to complete that and that's a holistic problem right so 
cutting off curiosity, for example, creativity is part of our education system, which really is not the intention, but it's being done that way. And that's that has to change as we enter into this new new industrial age. All right. So I think a lot of part has not changed. We have more access to education. A lot of things are moving online. But even those, in my opinion, I, I am not saying that what's been achieved by the edtech society is is wrong. But we are moving a step ahead to be able to democratize and create mass availability of education. But it's in the same way. Answer these questions. Answer these. Uh, uh, you know, uh, these this within this framework. That's pretty much what it is. We have to be able to let kids follow their curiosity, follow their nature, and nurture them a little bit as well, but not completely drive them into you know the direction of our curriculum. So that's really the idea. I see. It makes sense that structure part and the teachers inter incentivization part was really something which you know, that is something which is pretty like you should change that part maybe because yes, the teachers are incentivized to finish the course and they even if they want to, you know, uh, go out of the box or go out of the syllabus, they are not in the frames, time frames of, of pulling that off. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is that challenge, right? It's, it's, it's not the teachers. It's not the principals. It's not the boards. Right. The boards have defined something. If you look at the CBSE syllabus, if you look at the, the board written uh, derivative of what the syllabus is, it will explain to you why they've done it. And it makes sense how it's executed. Yeah. Also makes sense considering the circumstances because parents want to see the best for their kids. Uh, co companies, employers at some point until, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, we're saying we want kids only about 80 percent over about 90 percent. But when you're competing up against 600 million kids, you have to try and showcase yourself one way. And Marx has historically been that way, which unfortunately doesn't get you very far after the age of 25, 30. Nobody asks you for your marks anymore. There are these skills that I'm talking about are what are going to propel you to the next level. So yeah. hopefully what I want to try and change the mindset about on a mass level. Mm -hmm. OK, again, so coming back to the coronavirus thing and the pandemic that's going on globally. Uh, like education again, I think plays a really important role here. So, what do you think will happen to the income equality gap or the wealth gap post this pandemic is over? Because this this pandemic is actually uh, taking a toll on you know the poorest of the poor. We still have enough money to sustain ourselves for a few years, if not uh, decades. But these people live you know on day to day basis. They work on uh, throughout the day and then eat at night. So, what do you think will happen to the income equality or the wealth gap or the situation of people who don't have education or who have nothing. That, that's an interesting question, Ayush. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a very deep and uh, uh, sadly the answer is is quite painful. And the there is a huge wealth gap. We know that it's it's not a secret. It's an, it's open fact. Yeah. We know that it exists. There's wide range between incomes, uh, between class levels and stuff like that that exists. Uh, I, I, I think this question is not specifically to again coronavirus it's it's to do with any circumstance tomorrow you know that there were mumbai floods not too long ago yeah, yeah there, true. There, there are uh, there is pollution problem in delhi there there are uh, you know riots wherever there any kind of circumstance that is not within the normal where uh, we're talking about the lowest of the of the pyramid the bottom of the pyramid they're not able to meet their daily wages or you know at least the people who have there are people who don't even have daily wages who are who are struggling all the time but if we're talking about the bottom of the pyramid if it's beyond beyond that normal they will always suffer and that's just the way things have been built and that that has to 
we have to find ways to be able to change that unfortunately with yeah. things out of the normal like coronavirus or just the future that we are going through we are going through industry 4.0 and do you understand what uh, the vuca world is would you know what vuca is v u c a so we are entering i mean i'll take a sidebar to this uh, question because we are entering a vuca world right now and vuca stands for v u c a volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous and vuca is okay. acronym acronym that was designed by the us military i think during the cold war right in the last century so, uh, yeah. every decision that they had to make was extremely complex there were a lot of ambiguous answers and we are entering with with industry 4.0 with the next generation of ai and uh, you know robotics and iot and 5g with all of these coming in the next 10 15 years we not just the bottom of the pyramid but everybody don't have almost zero clue about what is going what the world is going to look like 15 years from now there's no there's no way 10 years ago digital marketing wasn't a thing today it's a must for everyone to know right in the same comparison 10 years from now 15 years from now we will not recognize what the world looks like so when these kind of revolutions happened with the first revolution second revolution third revolution over the last 200 years the income gaps have widened widened drastically and any country any company any uh, society that have embraced a new technology have typically exponentially grown and that's the truth if you look back in history over the last 200 250 years you look at gdp growths over countries that have taken on the new technologies that's where you'll see you know the massive shifts and with the new vuca world that we're entering thanks to industry 4.0 we're going to see even further shifts so not just coronavirus which uh, you know where people are obviously impacted due to lockdowns and inability to move forward but i'm talking about over mid term 5 to long term 5 10 years this will grow exponentially and that is an a very very complex complex thing to you know fix yeah say i don't have the answer i think life skills are a big part of it but i don't i wouldn't say that loketa is the only thing to fix this problem it's definitely a very complex thing and there are a lot of different discussions about what can be done things like universal basic income or uh, you know uh, different kinds of solutions but this is a public policy uh, and government question it's not something i have expertise yeah. about talking but i think that's really where the world is headed and it's something to be aware of and to be mentally prepared for coming back to lokyatha like to, in today's generation for example my generation i am a gen z and you know uh, your generation you had a and b and that's it as career options right but today i i personally have hundreds of options and most of them are unexplored and it's sort of a what do you call it the strategy or you know sort of infinite cho- choices and you have you want to have so many of them but you have to choose uh, but, but you can only choose a few of them so what what do you think about this uh, like this conundrum i think yeah so uh, i did you use the word tragedy you said it's a tragedy because of the mac- uh, the unlimited choices is that what you said yes tragedy right. as in for example i have i have uh, i have 10 15 choices for example 15 choices but i can only explore five before you know uh, getting uh, into the peer pressure of things like i have to do something in my life i have to take this job or i have to you know decide my everybody is doing this doing that but and that sort of restricts you of trying each and everything so in that we sort of a tragedy i i think no yeah so i i yeah I, I, the word tragedy is is fair but i don't i also think it's unfair <laughs> because um i mean 
I, a lot of young adults, yeah, a lot of folks in, in your age group to ask me this question in, in different ways. You know, how do I choose? Um, uh, my parents are saying one thing. I want to do many other things. I want to experiment. How will I know unless I tried many things? So I, I think that's definitely a challenge. But I think uh, it's, this, it's the opposite challenge of what my parents had. When my parents, you know, my parents, I think they finished school. What was it? 60s, maybe 70s, I think. When they finished uh, their undergrad, they had literally two choices or you either go to the bank or you go to the government you know like it was kind of like that i'm, I'm exaggerating to a bit but it was yeah. very very limited and it, it it got slightly better too when i graduated uh, 15 years ago uh, now i don't think what you said 15 options for you guys i don't think it's 15 i think it's like 1500 maybe right it's it's hazard options out there ah, yeah. and I, I i think you're not even exaggerating it, it's absolutely right and it's very confusing but it's uh there are pros and cons to having both. It's like when my folks went uh, to, to school, when uh, they would go to the ice cream shop, there was no shop. It was just one guy on a cart and all he had was an ice, ice lolly or it was, you know, vanilla ice cream. Today, it, like unlike when I grew up, it wasn't just chocolate, vanilla and strawberry. Today, you have 5,000 options. It's the same thing, right? But can you afford to try all the flavors, including Rocky Road and Chunky Monkey and whatever, before you decide? No, you can't. You have to make the best of it. And that's part of, well, decision making on the whole. Trade-off. Uh, yeah. Sorry, what do you say? Data? Trade-off, trade-off. Trade-off. Yeah, yeah, that's a great word. I love the word. Uh, that, that's perfect. I think that's, uh, you know, that says it better than what I was going to say. But the word trade-off is absolute. You have to understand that you can try three, four, five things before you have to stick to one. But you don't have to stick to that forever. Like just looking at my career trajectory, my and it's only been 15 years. I still have, you know, another 30 years to go. Hopefully I'm looking to work for a lot longer because I have a lot of fun doing it. But I've been in core R&D. I've been in sales. I've been in product management. Uh, I've been... Uh, an entrepreneur. I've been in customer success. I've, you know, done all kinds of things. Today I'm in education. I was in hospitality. I work in casinos. There's there's a lot of stuff that I've done in 15 years, and that's not saying that I'm genius. I'm I've tried. I've been I'm maybe fortunate, but it's not unavailable to a lot of people. You can take one step and then decide you want to pivot. Career mobility is an actual term. Is an actual concept. You can move by using the skills from your past experiences taking transferable skills and transferring them to your new role, new environment, new job. That's perfectly acceptable and that happens. That's absolutely how you're going to move up in the world. And a lot of Loketa I want to be able to uh, talk about are these transferable skills that will apply in almost any situation. Combining these different skills, combining sales and fundraising for your, uh, for your venture, combining sales and dating, combining financial literacy and relationships. Putting all these things together create competitive advantages for you as an individual and will hopefully add more value to your community, to the people around you and the people watching you. So that's really what we should be looking at. And that's really the new world, not sticking to the same courses and saying we're going to do it for 20 years. It's you can do that, but that's not how the world is going to be because the world is changing. You have to be able to adapt. And I think that's the trade off, understanding that you can't have all 500 flavors of ice cream, but being able to try one to like it, don't like it, stick with it for a while, then move. That's really the new future. And that's something we all have to accept. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, I got it. So how is Loketha planning to, like, what are the services that Loketha will, you know, offer and when will that be? You mentioned that uh, transformation 
skills and life skills that Loketha will be doing. But what currently is Loketha doing? How active is Loketha and when will it be available to you know the masses or students like us? So, uh, so what I'm doing with Loketa uh, is is I'm looking to be able to build up. Well, I'll call it a content platform. It's a it's a content platform, basically a library of these skills at a one on one level. All of these skills I've created uh, a library of about 50, 60 skills that uh, that is really my IP, and I've created a framework in how all these skills tie in together. It's not saying one skill is not important. If you don't have the skill, this is the trade off. You're not going to be able to do this. If you don't have the skill, these are the challenges. So getting you to understand what those skills are and why they are important is the first step, right? That awareness has to come out. So that's what I'm working on right now, and I'm looking to create a content library of all of these basic skills at a at a first standard level. Call it 101 or level one, whatever. And if you decide that you want to advance yourself in a particular skill, then you move for forward. And you can there are tons of resources online. Either Loketa will provide it for an advanced fee, or you can look for it online. But otherwise, I'm looking to do this. for free because right now uh, at least for the users right i could look at other ways of monetizing it either through you know speaking engagements or being able to consult with universities and boards uh, that i can make money off and get them to include in the curriculum or i can have uh, you know a product or merchandise or some kind of co-sponsor thing or whatever that that's really an option that i'm looking to be able to tap on later but right now i'm looking to be able to give it for free as a library so that people who don't have access to the high end schools or international schools that charge you 5 lakhs 10 lakhs a year that are actually talking about these things which is the 0.1% of india everybody else needs to be aware of these skills and that's really what i'm looking to do so i'm building that library as we go along i've got a website up very recently and i'm looking to create that library and that catalog that people can just come in there understand everything that's there at a very basic level and then take it forward from there If you understand what financial literacy and what the elements are, then you can do a course on stock trading or you know futures and options. That that's available outside. You can spend one lakh and do that later. But at the basic level, I will tell you what's needed, and you don't have to invest one lakh before you get there. I'll I'm looking to be able to bridge that gap. Right? This is definitely something which interests me, and I would definitely would be your first customer. <laughs> Now oh, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, I think you are already kind of my first customer because you're already uh, part of helping me build the idea <laughs> on what's missing. Yeah, like yeah. we had the conversation recently about your challenges with cooking because of COVID, right? <laughs> so this is exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking to be able to keep, close the gap. So yeah, you don't have to know how to cook, but you have to know how to you know make rice, make roti, uh, make a little more than omelet, and you can you can build up from there. I mean, and it's not just <laughs> COVID. I mean, I've li- I've yeah. lived in, uh, for example, China. uh every 3 months there's a typhoon there the shops are shut there's no transportation you can try and go out but then the wind is so strong that it's blowing motorcycles over it'll probably blow you over too you know so there there's that that kind of stuff that happens i've lived in philippines where they've got their own natural calamities us east coast they've got snow every year they've got us west coast they've got so there's this what we're doing right now lockdown yeah it's a global issue but there will always be situations where you need to know how to cook you know i didn't learn to cook as a as a child as as a as a young adult i learned to cook only when i was 29 30 at least basic i can't make you know i can't cook for a party but all of these things come together and so whether it's sex education whether it's financial literacy whether it's networking it's better to understand the mindset in your teenage years while you're starting to work so that you can build that as you go along and that value that you create for yourself will compound in your 30s and 40s my final question would be your three favorite books and podcast I think my top podcast right now is the Ayush Shukla show. 
<laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you knew it. I said, you dirty guy. That's what I mean. So, uh, uh, jokes aside, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a very, very uh, uh, big fan of podcasts. I mean, I don't listen to podcasts very, very often. I mean, there are a couple of that I've uh, uh, listened to a few here and there. Uh, one is the Tim Ferriss podcast, right? Yeah, I, I listened yeah, yeah. to yours very recently. I think there was a, a, another one that is by Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has a great show and he's, he's, he's a, he's, I'll use the word crazy guy that, uh, you know, he talks a lot of, about a lot of stuff that is very controversial, uh, very counterintuitive to what society thinks and does. And he's, he's quite, quite impressive as well as a personality. So those are two podcasts that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I think for, if you ask me about books, I think, so I, I, I have hundreds of books on my Kindle that I've not finished probably even a single one i get into it i i pick up pieces i pick up lessons out of each of them and i relate to you so, yeah. yeah to you okay so that's great i'm glad we have a similar wavelength there but i think two uh, th- two three of the top ones that i can think of number one is uh there's this book by this guy called uh, Je- jesse jesse isler called living with a seal mm-hmm. it's about this guy who's okay. uh, who's married to uh, sarah blakely she's, she's the founder of spanx a billionaire uh, and uh, he's he was an entrepreneur himself as well, but uh, he was someone who's very extreme uh, uh, from a personal development point of view. He invited a Navy SEAL, a US like a military hardcore Navy SEAL, to live with him in his house for 30 days. So that's where he uh, created uh, wrote the book about living with a SEAL, his experience of living with that Navy SEAL for 30 days just so that he could shake up his routine and get him to try different things and, you know, come out of his comfort zone. So he brought this guy from the military, uh, that to Navy SEAL, to live with him for 30 days. And that's what the book is about. It's about that. It's very easy reading, very light. I love that book. Uh, two of the others, one is called Buddhist Bootcamp. It's, uh, I don't remember the author right now. So Buddhist Bootcamp is about this American guy who uh, goes and lives with uh, monks, for a while and then he doesn't i don't think he converts to buddhism but he talks about how buddhism is not it's not a religious book it's more of a spiritual book and about how to live your life on a more uh, fulfilling giving kind way and it yeah. talks about how buddhism is a way of life not just a religion so how anyone can be a secret buddhist with no matter what they what they practice and i, I it, it's quite wholesome in that sense it's a very uh, spiritual and very wholesome book uh, I think the last one that uh, uh, I think had a big play on my mindset about the world was Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond. I mean, that was a pretty eye-opening book about how the world is the way it is because of very, very specific instances through our civilization, right? And a lot of it involved war, a lot of it involved germs, and the fact that we are going through coronavirus and a lot of our, uh, our habits and behaviors are changing. We're expecting, uh, you know, us, uh, our whole society to change post-coronavirus uh, because, you know, so that's the germs part. So guns, germs, and steel about how major innovations, major inventions, and nature as well, itself have changed the way the world works and how our behaviors are. For example, simple thing like coronavirus. Uh, how many people really in India really stand in a queue? Not very often. But today, you'll go to anywhere. You'll go to the small store where they're selling vegetables. And there, people are standing in a queue. You know, nobody's... It's just... Distance. 
this is exactly yeah. social justice. So it's how we've created society and society has evolved as an age as a result of not just these three, but uh, on, on the whole th- uh, pretty big things that have had impact to humanity. So there's a lot of controversy about that book, about different historical perspectives, but I think it gives a great idea about how you can critically think and look at the way the world is built. So these are three of my top books, I would definitely say. All right. Awesome. Awesome. I've added that to my list as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you like that as well? <laughs> yeah. I especially like, like the third one. Uh, the second one, I'm Buddhist and all that. I'm sort of into spirituality for like 15, 20 days right now. So the third one really intrigued me. So I'll probably give that a leap for sure. Sure. Alexa, sure. thank you so much for the, for the podcast. I wish you a lot of luck with your uh not startup but an initiative of loketa uh please keep us updated with it and i really wish you a lot of luck thank you so much for coming to spot thank you as well ayush thank you i appreciate it have a great evening huh thank you yeah